listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello there, listeners. It's Michael from Top Music here, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. With me today, I've got a real treat, somebody who has a fantastic Facebook group who's helping guitar instructors and musical instructors all around the world run better businesses, and that is Sonia Ramsey from the Music Instructor Business Academy. Sonia, welcome to the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. Me too. I'm really, really excited. Guys, I hope all you, uh, everyone listening at home is just as excited as I am. Sonia, uh, I came across maybe during the, uh, the pandemic when I joined her Facebook group and was blown away by the uh, amount of great advice she was doing and giving away pretty much for free, might I add. And she's got a great mission. She's looking to help music instructors all around the world. And I'm sure she's going to tell us all about it over this coming interview. So if you're ready, Sonia, we can dive right into it. Sure. How much time do we have? No, I'm joking. I, I can talk about this forever, but I'll, I'll be as concise as I can because I love talking about what's, what's possible for musicians all over the world. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, just starting on that point there, a lot of musicians don't realize what's possible within a teaching space and a business space. And the potential of how much they can earn and how much better life can get when they do get their businesses and finances sorted. So that's a, maybe a really great point and theme for today is just expanding the horizons of what you think is possible when it comes to music teaching and the online digital world, especially now we are post-pandemic, the game has changed and you need to relearn the rules and you know play to have fun or play to win. But you don't want to be completely oblivious or ignorant or naive to the rules because that's just going to lead to tough times ahead. But Sonia, give us a, a brief background about yourself, because you are what I understand a marketer turned musician as opposed to a musician turned business person and or marketer. So why don't you give us a, a brief background about your story so far? Absolutely. So it's, it's really interesting because a lot of people don't know I have a degree in electrical engineering. So I actually have a very technical degree. And focused on that early in my life as a you know, profession, in my profession, and loved sales. I used to go out and work with salespeople, basically taking technology and simplifying it in a way that their customers could understand what was going on. So I, that, at that moment, I knew I was drawn more to the sales and marketing side and not so much the technology. And so, so I did that for a while and then I got more into marketing. And so I've always loved sales and marketing. I mean, I've, I read books about it. I've done sales calls. I've talked to people over the years. And then 10, maybe more like 12 years ago, I got introduced to online marketing by going to a Toastmasters event. And a friend of mine suggested that I get a business coach. I didn't even know what that was. And at, as a result of that, that's when I was introduced to this whole world of being able to take your gifts, your talents, 
and package it and offer it online, whether it's a product, coaching, or a combination of it. And just to see the evolution of where we are today versus where we were 12 years ago is just amazing. I mean, it's this has been such an exciting time to be able to just take what you have in your mind or your talents and be able to quickly and easily put it out there for millions to see. It, it's just, it blows me away. We've got technology today that would have taken months to in, implement 10 years ago. So, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit as well. But um, so, yeah, so I got introduced to online marketing about 12 years ago. I initially started coaching corporate women, teaching them how to take their gifts, package it, and basically build something while they're still working full time. And then I did some one-to-one coaching. And I realized that you're a little bit limited when you do one-to-one. It's similar to musicians, guitarists who are giving guitar lessons. You can, there are only so many hours in a day, so many hours in a week. But to be able to reach more people, you can do that by actually creating a digital product or a membership site. And that's where the magic happens. I think that's where you're able to just scale at a much more rapid pace. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I kind of stumbled on it. I'm glad I did. And just, not even just for musicians, just what's possible for anyone who has any kind of gift, any kind of passion, they can do this as well. But I'm really, I don't know, my heart is, is towards the musicians because I have a twin. She's a musician. I remember when she came out of college, she struggled financially. I see too many musicians struggling financially. And this is an opportunity for additional income to supplement what you love to do and still be able to integrate music into it. So that's really my mission is to be able to just tell the world, musicians all over in particular guitarists, because I'm a guitarist, that, hey, you can take what you know and you can offer it and build a sustainable business. It doesn't even have to be something that you'll do for a few years and maybe you make a few bucks and that's it. No, you can earn a substantial living doing this, but you got to know what the, what the process is. And so my mission is to really help you understand what that process is. Yeah, that's an amazing story and excellent advice for musicians. Now, you touched on the fact that musicians are notoriously bad for money and poor, and that's a topic I've talked about numerous times. Maybe it'd be great to hear your take on it. Why do you think there's this deep-rooted distrust of money or ignorance to the whole financial sector, which is just so pervasive with musicians worldwide? You know, that's a great question. I think about it quite often. And I'm not, I'm not a like true musician. I'm a, I call myself a bedroom guitarist, but I can only go by what I've experienced just with my sister, who's a musician. And I think it's just that, that this is, you know, as, as a musician, you're creating something, it's personal and to sell it or to feel like you're, you're doing it just for money. Maybe it's bad. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I scratch my head sometimes because I look at it like you've spent a lot of time to get good at your craft and it didn't happen free, you know, for free. You had to invest to be able to become a skilled musician, a skilled guitarist. So it's only fair that you be compensated for the years of, of sweat equity. You know, it, it, that's how I look at it. But I, I really can't fully put my finger on why that is, but I, a lot of musicians that I know, um, 
just feel like it's bad. It, you know, this is this is supposed to be music. Music is is you know, it's a gift to the world. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But I know everyone has to live. Everyone has to have resources to be able to put a roof on their head and food on the table, right? So you got to do it. That's it. And you know, I would even argue that once you do start getting a bit organized and get some money behind you, it just provides so many opportunities and you stop having to play life on hard mode. Like it's you know already hard enough as a musician, getting gigs, competing with all the other musicians that only so many people can rise to the top in terms of opportunities to tour or get record labels. And you only make it harder for yourself when you don't have those resources. Exactly. Just- and, and, and I look at it like this. You make more money, you can buy more gear. <laughs> yeah, you can buy more gear. You can buy more touring opportunities. And I think that's you know an ugly truth is the music business is the word business is inside it. The whole music industry is just about making money essentially. And there's a great book. I think it's like everything you need to know about the music industry. It says something like it, the music industry is this horrible da 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 da, and that's just the good side of it. <laughs> and it's yeah. um, one of them things where, whether you realize it or not, it's a competition. It's uh, we don't always think of it that way, but if you're trying to get signed, you know you're competing with all these other people who are going to put in you know ten thousand hours, who are just as committed to you, if not more committed. The difference between you and the record label or artists on the record label is the label is funding everything for them. Like these tours don't just happen for free. <laughs> so everything has to be paid for, from you know the performer on stage to the guy doing the lights to the people selling the hot dogs in the arena, or the the people washing the dishes at the back of the venue. So. It's just one of them things where having a better mindset about money, understanding how to play the game. And we are getting a bit more towards music business rather than the actual art of it itself. And I think that's where people get a, a bit distracted because they're more creative types and they just want to you know, do it for the art or the fun or because it's their passion. But if you can learn how to monetize your passion, I think there's going to be a key area where you come in is you get to have a much more rewarding, fulfilling life doing what you love, or you get to share what you love with more other people and do it for longer or do it to a greater degree. Like how much better are your lessons going to be when you have a really wonderful studio to run them in? How much easier is your touring experience going to be if you can buy a nice tour bus or have a driver drive you around as opposed to, you know, you and four mates uh, sitting in a, in a van taking turns, driving to the wee hours of the morning <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a really rough time touring. It, it really is a long way to the top. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you you understand, you get it. It's it's just a, a mindset shift that has to happen and it doesn't happen overnight. It definitely is a process, not just for, for guitarists, but I think all musicians. And I think that um the pandemic and really like brought this issue to the forefront and people began to realize, "Oh, I've got to do something. I've got to do something else to supplement my income." you know, that got lost because I'm not able to tour. I mean, everything just shut down. You, you know, right. It just, and people were scrambling and people were scrambling. Whereas some of the folks that I'm working with were closing on houses and and doing other things and had options. And so I don't want to jump ahead of of the interview, but I think this is the time. Things feel a little uncertain right now in the, in the world. This is the time to at least explore these options of maybe taking your talent, your gifts and putting it out there and creating something online that'll help supplement what you're currently doing. It's just, it, to me, it's something everyone should be doing. That's it. And it's a changing world. And by having your finger on the pulse and being ready to take those opportunities, that's where there's the biggest room for growth or, or gains or to be the leader in your industry and things like that. So yeah, scary times ahead, but exciting times ahead. 
And just as you said, we're like right on the precipice of some sort of big change. And if the last few years haven't been an indication of that, like you need to really open your eyes and, and start thinking ahead about what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, I, gosh, I wish I'd thought about this earlier, but I have a, a friend of mine who's a marketer as well and uh, does paid advertising. And we were talking about uh, just the opportunity specifically for guitar. If, if you think about it during the pandemic, I mean, there were a lot of people running to social media to to learn how to play guitar because they needed something to do. Everyone was pretty much locked in, right? And we did a study because we were looking at doing some paid advertising. And I thought I read it wrong, but um, this person had looked at the analytics and looked at specifically for YouTube. I think it was something like, gosh, it was like 80. No, it wasn't 80. I, I, gosh, I wish I had the number, but it was something, it was in the billions of search views, like people, like people every, not for a month or not for a week, but per day. The point being is that people are going online to try to learn how to play guitar. And, and usually it's the beginners, right? They, they don't know where to turn. I don't see many advanced players necessarily going on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok to learn how to play guitar. They may want to check out someone's version of a song that they're doing or just kind of admire more of a fan and not necessarily a student. But there are so many people every day that say, oh, gosh, I want to learn guitar. I want to learn guitar. So people sometimes worry about saturation. I, that's never going to be a problem. There are going to be people, be people every single day who decide they want to learn guitar. Or maybe I just want to learn how to play that one song. That's it. The world's a big place. And as you pointed out, you're no longer restricted to a local market where if you're in a small town, you've only got potentially a hundred customers. If you're in a big town or a big city, you got thousands of customers, but now you literally have access to millions of people all around the world. But I am interested about what you said about saturation, because I've always been on the fence about YouTube, uh, only because I can see how much easier it is just from my own experience to build relationships in person through an, an offline business. Whereas the online business, sometimes I go, you know what, there's, there's already a hundred lessons about how to play the minor pentatonic scale. Do I really need to add an extra one in there? So I'd be keen to hear you talk a little bit more about oversaturation. For those who are a bit hesitant about starting a YouTube channel, maybe from the same perspective as I've just said, or from one of you know whatever reason is holding them back, like why should they get on YouTube or how should they go about getting on YouTube? Well, I think it's first important, right? We're probably jumping a bit ahead, but I think <laughs> Um, there's a, a book uh, that I read years ago, maybe 25 years ago, by a psychologist, Stephen Covey, and he wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number two is begin with the end in mind. So you have to ask yourself the question, why do I want to be on YouTube? Because sometimes I think it's easy to get sucked into the number of subscribers and and I'll never get to this person's, uh, like this person's channel, they've got a million subscribers or 100,000 subscribers. You don't need, it's not about the numbers. And so the, the, the way to think about it, I believe, is that social media, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, it's a means to an end. And so when you're talking about getting started online, it's really about, first of all, deciding what your topic is going to be. And so 
you know, this is a podcast for guitar. So we have that piece, but we have to niche it down. Guitar is just so broad. You can't be all things to all people. And I think this is why people tend to feel like it's sat their saturation on YouTube. We're talking specifically now about YouTube is because there's, there's so many people online providing great content on learning guitar. But when you begin to niche it down, you have to think about, and this is what I like to share, and I talk a lot about this in the Facebook group, is that you've got to decide what, you're, what you want to be known as online. There are people that teach guitar online and they maybe are focused on a specific genre, maybe a certain demographic, maybe a certain... Um, style or, you know, maybe you could teach a, a, a course or have a membership site just dedicated for a specific guitarist. You know, I, I don't want to name names, but you, you just pick you. And that's the beauty of this online business is that you can design it however you desire it to look and it can fit your lifestyle. If you if you're not ready to go full time, don't do it part time and see where it takes you. You have to be, like you said, this evolves. This is an, an evolving world we're in right now. And so things are shifting. So you have to be a little flexible and maybe have to pivot a little bit. But if you say today, oh, I love classic rock. So I'm going to start putting content on YouTube for classic rock. Okay, great. That's going to be your differentiator. Also, your differentiator is maybe how your method of teaching Maybe everyone does it a certain way, but you found a, a, a shortcut that's going to help save them time, save them money, save them effort, whatever it may be. You've got to figure out how can you distinguish yourself. So there's a lot of ways you can create a, a, a uniqueness online, and that's going to help you. And it's going to remove that whole objection that you might have about, well, there's saturation. That YouTube or Instagram, it doesn't matter that's just a portion of the strategy. The, so you decide who you want to or what you want to be known as, but you got to decide who you want to help. So that's your ideal student. But then what? So I always say the first thing you want to begin to think about once you kind of nail that is what can I give away for free in exchange for that email address? You don't even have to at this point decide what it is you want to sell. You may not be ready to sell anything. Build the email list. Build the email list. I had a, I posted this actually recently in the Facebook group. There was a student who had um, had been following me for a while and even um, invested. And uh, he says, "Well, I didn't have time to really do anything, but I heard you always say, build that email list, build that email list." And he's got, you know, a very nice size email list in such a short time. Now he can put something in front of those people to say, I've been listening. Here's how I can help you. Because, you know, there are some things that happen when you begin to focus on building that email list. So YouTube is just merely one way to get people from that, that channel to your, your real estate, your website, so that you can build your email list. That's the strategy. I think sometimes we forget or we're not even thinking about that. Get them to your website, get them to that email or get them to your, your free gift so you can get that email address. That's important. The email address is a person. There's a person behind that email address. So then the next thing is, okay, you got the email. Now what? Give value. It's value-based marketing. It's not just sell, sell, sell. Find out what their struggles are. 
find out why they want to play guitar. What is it going to mean for them when they be, when they reach whatever that destination or that desired outcome is? What have they tried in the past? What, what didn't work for them and, and why? Let them know about you, what it is that motivates you. Why do you do what you do? What is your mission? You see, it's building that trust when you do that. So instead of just saying, oh, I've got this email list, let me just start telling them, go, go join my Patreon or here's my course, and they don't know anything about you, that's going to be a tougher sell versus, oh, wow, I like Michael. He's, he's got a warm personality. He really knows his stuff. He understands. It's almost like he's reading my mind. He knows what those struggles I have are. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to give this a, a shot. I'm going to invest in that course. You, you see the difference? <laughs> yeah, so 100%. It's, yeah, it's just, it's YouTube is just another way to build that email list. It's no different than Instagram, Facebook, paid advertising. This is free. You know, there are things you can do to augment that through paid advertising, but start with the free stuff. You don't even have to have anything yet. Just get to know them and let them get to know you. Yeah. And that's a really good uh, point you tagged on the end there. The fact that so many people use a lack of money as a barrier. Oh, I can't afford advertising. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. When the amount of things you can do now for absolutely free, you can build a six-figure business off of two or three free to implement marketing strategies. But for whatever reason, uh, we put these mental blocks in. But I hope everyone listening at home was like writing down plenty of those points that Sonia just talked there because there's some absolutely fantastic stuff in there. Thank you. You, you touched on something that I think I'm going to spend a lot more time in the upcoming year, and that's uh, mindset. Because what I find is that you can have, and this is even for me in, this, in, in my own journey in this online space, you can have all the knowledge. Like I can tell you everything you need to do, and, and, you, and I don't have to tell you how to be a great teacher. I might give you some tips on things to do within your, your method of teaching. But if you don't believe what's possible is possible for you, it won't matter. And I used to think, I, I, as a teenager, I used to listen to, I'm kind of weird like this, but I would listen to a lot of uh, personal um, development folks. And Brian Tracy, uh, he's pretty huge here in the U.S. Brian Tracy is somebody whose tapes I used to listen to. I'm aging myself here. But, but a lot of these motivational um, coaches and, and speakers, Tony Robbins included, it's all about the mind, the mindset. You've got to see it before it even manifests. And I used to think, oh, that's just woo-woo stuff. That doesn't matter. But as I got older... And I started writing down my goals and envisioning those goals, they started to manifest. So my point is that not only do we have to work on, this is what I need to do to build an online business. We also need to build in their work, consistent work to renew our minds to what's possible. Feed your brain with self-development things. That's part of it as well. And I think that's the piece that we always, not always, but most times we neglect but that can make all the difference. And then also community, which is why I'm a big proponent of coming into the Facebook group, not to spam, but to get to know people and to say, hey, we're all in this together. What are you seeing working? What's not? And so um, it's, it's community, but it's mindset. And then, you know, equip yourself with the knowledge to, to know what to do. And I think that combination is, is very powerful. 
yeah, that's some really, really great stuff there. And I was reflecting, I think I was telling my six-figure guitar group uh, recently, in terms of nurturing students, somebody asked, oh, how do you know if a student's going to make it or not? And I kind of thought and reflected every student that ever amounted to something more than just the average student who, who went somewhere or made really rapid progress, they all believed that they could do it. Yeah. They all, and not only do they believe they can do it, it was more like it was inevitable. And I reflect upon this when I first started out. So I didn't start playing guitar till I was 15 and I'd been offered previously. I'd done a couple of musical aptitude tests and it always done really well, but I just, um, I got all shy. My dad asked me when I was 13 at a music event at our school when they offered me to, uh, play oboe because they thought that was the best instrument for me to learn oboe and then join the the uh the school band and i got all shy and my dad goes hey do you want to learn a, like a proper instrument no disrespect to the oboists <laughs> here but my dad goes you want to learn a proper instrument like uh drums or guitar and i got all shy like i wanted to say yes really bad but i was like oh no nah. i got overwhelmed and and just said no and I don't know, because I didn't believe I could do it because I didn't see myself there on stage. And then two years later, I played my cousin's guitar. He showed me a few things. It was like getting hit by lightning. I I knew I wanted to play guitar for the rest of my life. And then it was just like, okay, so what do I need to do? And I knew I was going to be a rock star. I knew I was going to be up on stage. I knew I was going to be playing it. But all I had to do was keep on practicing until I arrived at that point. It was like inevitable that it was going to happen. And that was kind of my self-belief. And just like uh, you know, going to the gym and crunching the the weights and doing extra rep, like every rep brings me closer to the ideal body or the bigger biceps or whatever it is I'm working on. Every repetition of a scale, every play through a chord change was just this addictive process of um, you know leveling myself up. It was almost like grinding on a video game. I used to play like you know RuneScape and World of Warcraft, and sometimes it wasn't fun killing you know a thousand crabs or <laughs> two hundred right, goblins right. or something. But you got the experience, and you got the reward, and Every guitar player that I've taught, uh, and it's like thousands at this point in time, you can almost tell straight away who is going to get something because it's not, oh, I doubt myself. Oh, am I going to be good enough? Can I do this? Which you get people hesitate and they're the people that drop off after a couple of weeks or a couple of months if you don't do something to turn that around and, and plant the seed of that belief. But the people who come to you going, I want to do this, you're the one that's going to help me get there. They're the ones that have those truly transformative experiences. And I think that all starts in the mind, as you've said. Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. I couldn't have said it better. It, and I even, when you were talking, I was thinking about my own personal journey as a guitarist. I've been playing off and on for about 20 years, but it hasn't been until maybe the last four or five years, maybe more like four years, that I've seen the biggest growth. And I think was that breakthrough season where I began to believe this is possible. Not that I'm, I have any aspirations to be a professional guitarist, but that I wanted to move past just the the um, open chords. I wanted to learn the extended chords. I wanted to be able to hear something and be able to pick up my guitar and know what to do. And I needed to get the fundamentals and get equipped with the basics. And when I it's almost like it felt mundane as, in terms of the practicing, but now the muscle memory is starting to kick in and, and I don't have to think as much, but it, but that helped build a belief. And now my confidence is growing. It's the same thing. So I think this whole idea of mindset is something we all have to to take on, even beyond just having an online business. Because those, if you study successful people, and that's why I encourage all of us to do study those who were successful and and don't deviate from that 
understand their habits, the highly the successful habits of highly effective people. Study what they're doing. And and a lot of times, and, and there's another book too, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, is that he's his book was based on studying, I think it was maybe a hundred millionaires. And he studied their habits. Don't reinvent the wheel. And many of them, or if not all, it's they believe that they they would be successful, however you define success. It's a belief system that we have to focus on. It's no different than for online businesses and especially for musicians because everybody's telling you it's silly, you know, to put your stuff on YouTube. I mean, I think sometimes you have to deal with that too. You know, people may mock you because you're you're putting your stuff online and and now you're you've crossed over or you um you sold out. <laughs> you know, I've heard that happen, you know, to some people as well. But they're not those people who say that. And this is, a, you know, a kind of a side note and, and just something to maybe take away from this conversation is that when people are going to be really brave behind their computers, right, and the keyboard, and they're quick to try to criticize. But I always tell people, those people are not paying your bills. Those people are not going to make any difference in terms of, um, you know, how your life is lived and, and your relationships. So you just ignore them. There will you cannot please everyone. There's always going to be someone that's going to find something. Oh, you didn't play that chord right. You didn't explain it right, or that's not how you should learn this and all of that. So what? If if it works for your community and that's how you teach, go for it. And I know you probably you you're smiling because I'm sure you've heard that. You know, people are very critical online. Yeah. No, I remember there was this really great guitar player and teacher called Pepper Brown. And I was really disappointed. Oh, I love Oh yeah, you're familiar <laughs> with Pepper Brown. I was He's ah, very direct. <laughs> he's very direct. But he um I'm really disappointed that I went when I reached out to him for the podcast. He actually just passed away a few weeks earlier. So um <gasps> No way. Sorry if I'm actually giving you the bad news right here. No live <laughs> on air. But I believe he passed away a bit earlier this year, unfortunately. Um but I remember reading a comment on his YouTube. Someone like wrote this big, you know, 500 word essay and all the things he's done wrong. And his comment was just, okay, go make your own YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't know he passed away. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm very sorry to give you that bad news. And he's obviously a really, really big contributor to the guitar teaching community and music yeah. lessons as a general and listeners, probably some of your favorite guitar players. Uh, might have been taught by Pepper Brown because he was kind of like the go-to guy back in the uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s and had a, a you know a huge output and a, someone who was way ahead of the curve in terms of uh, their contribution to teaching and the way they thought about things. So, But to go back to what you said as well on the whole mindset thing, I think a lot of what we make the mistake of in the West, and this is something that teachers and students do is there often is that intertwining of music and music business. And I think something we are a little bit out of touch with is the fact that sometimes we just want to learn music because it's fun. We enjoy music. Uh, we always think, Hey, I'm not going to be a professional. I hear that like, you know, almost on a weekly basis when I ask people, Hey, why do you want to learn guitar? And they always say, oh, I don't want to be a professional. I just want to have fun doing this kind of thing. But often we make the mistake as teachers of thinking everyone wants to be a professional and is going to put in three hours a day of practice, or it's some differentiation pointless. Like what if we make the goal just to be able to pick up and play or to have fun or to uh, 
be able to sit around a campfire. That's often the thing that I hear the most. It's like, I don't want to be a professional, but I do want to sit around the campfire and play with our, our friends. So if we shift our own mindset and the mindset of the people who are learning to what do we need to do to facilitate their goal of playing around the campfire or being able to hear their favorite song, do a few chords, or even just, you know, look up a couple of tracks on ultimate guitar on a Friday night uh, and just sit at the computer and play and, and have that experience. That's kind of what we want to as teachers go, okay, let's get away from this idea that we're doing this to train people to be professionals and let's just get them playing music because it's fun and maybe get back in touch with why we started. You know, I didn't start, uh, playing guitar to make money out of it. I didn't necessarily start teaching guitar to make money uh, out of it. Um, it's just become a really good natural consequence. And a natural consequence, I think, if more people had a similar business model to myself in the six-figure program and took their finances more seriously, could be making a lot more money. And when they're making a lot more money, they can provide better for their families. They can provide better for everybody else uh, you know, in, in their life or to take these touring opportunities or to sit on a beach in Hawaii with a, a laptop and a, a microphone and a guitar and, and have that digital nomad lifestyle. But it all starts with you know, changing your mindset about money and success and being organized. Yeah. You, you brought up something that just I, I love. I really want your listeners to, to pay attention to this because this also is important to think about online. This is one of the biggest things that I, I see the people that I'm working with kind of struggling with. What comes natural and easy to you and, and also your desire to really pour into your students and want, wanting them to really get it can sometimes, if not oftentimes, scare them away. And I'm speaking as a marketer, but also as a student. And what I mean by that is that if you give your, your audience too much to chew on, you can overwhelm them and in a, in a sense deflate them and then they in the situation with online businesses, won't continue on with the content. So sometimes as online marketers, we'll, we'll have our courses and why aren't the people, you know, consuming the content? I've, you know, I poured my heart into this, but it, it's too much or you, you put so much in. So it's in an effort to over-deliver. And I'm guilty of this as well, of over-delivering. You've given them too much to digest. And so Part of why it's so important to have that email list and to to do things like live streams and and workshops is to listen, find out what they need, what they want and focus on getting them those small wins, because that that helps with the mindset of, yes, I can do this. And you get in as a student, they get excited about wanting to go to the next, you know, come show up for the next lesson or, you know, in, in our situation you know, open up the, the computer laptop, you know, and, and watch that next lesson that you created. It's not just enough about of, of creating this course and then you sell it, but you really want people to get that transformation. And, and have you really communicated what that transformation is? And that's the other thing is that you've got to be able to, again, it's the beginning with the end in mind. Where do you want your students to be after they consume that product? That, that, membership site or that, that course that you created. And so your job is to make sure you give them and you set them up for success to get that. But if you give them too much and it may not be relevant to what you promised, but maybe you didn't even promise anything. And so it's just a lot of content and a bunch of, you know, cobbled together lessons, but there's no cohesiveness. There is no, you know, here, this is when you know that you have 
you know, mission accomplished, what, where will they be, you know, once they finish the course and have you effectively communicated that, but you don't know that if you don't really take the time and make the effort to get to know who those people are behind that email address. I call this the curse of knowledge. What comes easy to you may not be easy for those students. And so you really, I always say, if you think you, you nailed it, peel it back a few more layers because you probably gave them too much. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You think you're under-delivering. But a good test, a litmus test to kind of gauge whether or not you're, you're right on it is what kind of engagement do you get? So let's say you do a live stream and you're sharing. Are people asking questions? Are they commenting? Usually the silence, usually, obviously depends on how many people are on. But usually the silence means they're, they're not really sure. They, they're a little confused, but they don't want to admit that they're confused because they don't want to feel embarrassed. If we're really honest, and, and we kind of take that as a shot against our teaching style, and I think that's, if, if you were to ask me, what would be some of the, what would be the, the challenge that I see when working with guitarists is that you guys are so good, and you're used to people saying, wow, you're just a great guitarist. But now you're entering into this world of online marketing and it's new territory. Now you're not the star, the rock star in this space because it's new. So it's kind of a humbling thing. Or, you know, you got your humility has to kick in. And that's tough to, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow for some people. So you kind of have to let your ego leave it at the door and just recognize that you're going to be going through some growing pains just like everyone else is starting something new. But if you keep at it, keep at it and think of just what can I do to serve these people? What is it that I really want them to know? How can I, like, how can I simplify this? The more simple you are able to teach this, and you know this as a, a teacher teaching thousands, the better it'll become because you're, you're allowing them to digest what you just shared with them, go back and work on it and get results. And then they're going to be more excited and then they're going to tell you, gosh, Michael, this was great. I, what else do you have coming out? Now I'm here. Now I need to get to this step. You know, I know my chords now. Now I need to get better at soloing. Okay, great. Now I need to, you know, learn how to compose my own music. Now you get all these different ideas for additional courses because you've listened to what your audience is telling you they need. Yeah, really, really important stuff there. And touching base on, on back on what you said about to us, it often seems really, really easy because that's the product of our 10,000 hours across 10 to 20 years. And we often forget what it was like to be a beginner or how long it, it took to get to a certain point or surely the fact, and this is, was the case with me and I think a lot of other people is the minute we started playing, that was our life. It went from priority, nothing straight to number one, if not in the top three. For most of your students, like learning how to play guitar isn't going to be in the top 10. You're like, you'd be lucky if it's between 10 and 15, which is why unfortunately so many students drop off because something more urgent becomes, you know, comes up. But if you can go through the handholding phase of going, hey, you see easiest next step. And they go, oh, this is easy. And when it becomes easy, it becomes fun. And when it becomes fun, they start looking forward to doing it. And then that becomes the habit of, you know, practicing daily or yes. when they can see themselves improving. But if you go straight to, oh yeah, this is the, the pentatonic scale, play up and down it at this speed and here's a really complex sequence. Like for us, that might be where we're at now is learning something in the space of 
you know, five minutes and then implementing it in a song or a recording shortly after. But sometimes when I look back, I go, oh man, I really did struggle at university with this concept or, you know what, I might've thought I was really good, but if I watch recordings, it was otherwise. And, and I also remember spending like two hours a day for a whole week on getting this thing. And yeah, I could do it after a week. But I think most people just grossly underestimate how hard it is to learn an instrument and how much time goes into it. And as professionals, we underestimate how little time the average person is going to put into their hobby or the lessons that you give them until you capture their attention and make it something which is a bit more important to them and it it bumps up on that priority list. But if we come down with, you know, what's exciting to us at our level being, you know, 10 steps or 10 years into our journey, it's a whole different world to what our students are going through. And another point I generally make with my teachers is, and you may experience this, is how long it takes you to actually learn something right now because your brain is accustomed to retaining information, to learning it in a particular way and converting it to long-term memory. I used to take like a month to memorize something, which takes me about 30 seconds to now because my brain has developed certain pathways of retaining information. With your students, they're just not going to be at the same level you are. And a lot of teachers get frustrated by that, going, why can't you just do this? Or why can't you do that? Or my students are all, they're just average. Where's this perfection? They don't care. But you have to meet them at their level and go, what is the easiest next step for them? Whether that's you helping your students, whether that's you helping clients that you're helping uh, grow and develop and realizing that, you know, in your guitar playing, you are the product of 10,000 hours. You still have to develop another 10,000 hours in your teaching skills. And then of course, 10,000 hours in your digital marketing skills as well. So every time you come to uh, a new realization, and I challenge anyone to do this right now, after this episode, this will be probably around episode number 30 at some point, go back to episode one or episode two and just listen to a five-minute expert of those and see how different my interviews are back then. And that's only six months ago. No matter what you're doing, look at your first course, look at your, your first YouTube video, go to your favorite YouTuber and go to the, the, the search function and go to the oldest video and watch a handful of their oldest videos compared to their newest videos and look at the journey. Just like your students are going on a journey from zero to wherever they are going to go, whatever that destination is, everyone is on a journey in every single endeavor that they they go through. And sometimes the journey ends abruptly, or sometimes they wander off a path and might come back to it, just as you mentioned with your own guitar playing on and off for 20 years. But as long as we keep on consistently taking one step after another, we will eventually arrive at the destination or go well beyond the destination. And yes, we can walk there, we can ride our bike, we can jump in a car, we can fly in a jet. There's lots of different ways of getting there at different speeds. But as long as we consistently point in the right direction and and move, there'll be progress. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that's what I share with the community is that just like you didn't learn guitar or whatever your instrument is in the Facebook group overnight, you're not going to learn this overnight either. And so the way to get those 10,000 hours, as, as you put it, is to start and know that it's not going to be perfect. It never will be perfect. I think about the first time I went live on, it was Periscope a number of years ago. My hands were shaking. I was like, just so fearful. And I just did it afraid. I just kept going, kept going, kept going. Same thing when I started doing Facebook live streams and even in the Facebook group. I remember when Facebook was growing, we had maybe five or six people. Nobody was on the live stream. And then I started just, I kept at it. But this specifically when it comes to building an online business, teaching your gift, you know, guitar, right? 
you're going to go through some growing pains, but you've got to keep going. This is a, a business of some triumphs and then some flops. But if you just keep at it, stay steady, keep just keep in the forefront of your mind that you're here to serve, to give value. Just keep at it. Is I promise you, it's going to it's going to turn around. I had a conversation recently with, in a mastermind with um, a musician who has a seven figure business, and I remember um, asking, well, "How'd you do on your first launch? Zero, zero dollars." But three years later, seven figure business. You it, and the key was this person just kept at it, kept going, kept going. So don't quit. You're going to have those t- moments when you just want to, but you have to, you got to be resilient in this business. But as you even, I don't even like to call it failures. I call them opportunities for growth because what is the lesson learned? What could you, what did you learn from that situation? And that, that's an opportunity to tweak it. It's no, there's so many similarities and analogies with learning guitar and in this business. That's why my mind just quickly goes to it. If I'm struggling right now, I'm struggling with ear training. I mean, it is so frustrating for me. I can't run away from it. I can do, you know, major scales across the fretboard in my sleep now. When I'm practicing, I don't need to spend 75% of my time doing the major scale. I maybe need to do that as a warm up, but I need to get into that ear training because it's uncomfortable, because I'm struggling in this area. It's the same thing. If you're struggling with, with the, the marketing aspect of an online business, don't run away from it. Don't pay someone to do that for you and not at least understand what the process is. If you can outsource it later, great, but at least understand what it entails so that you are empowered to know if someone's doing the right things that you need them to do or not. They may have much more knowledge in that particular area, but at least understand what's going on. Some people blindly just hand things off to to other folks and they have no clue what the what the people are doing. You know, if you're struggling with connection through your emails, look at how you can get better at that. Like you have to be honest with yourself. You know, if you're looking at how you're selling your courses and you see everything you're doing is all about buy, 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 but you haven't delivered value, maybe you got to look at what can I be doing differently to give more value so I can build trust. So it's, um, there are a lot of moving parts. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. But those who stick with it and just keep going, keep going, the outcomes are much, are far better than not doing anything. That's a bit of a mic drop moment there. That's absolutely amazing stuff. And again, I hope all the listeners are taking notes. Now, Sonia, you are, and we mentioned this at the start, but you are the owner creator of the Music Instructor Business Academy. And you obviously help music instructors. And now I understand you've got a Facebook group. So how do our listeners join that group, find out more about you, connect with you online? Sure. Just go to Facebook Go in the group's um, search field and put in Music Instructor Business Academy. There are just three quick questions in there because we want this to be a, a, a spam-free environment. Um, we don't allow self-promotion. It's really all about giving value. Just mention that you heard about me on the podcast and we'll let you in and introduce yourself and uh, just put that notification on because um, I'll do live streams 
um, answer questions. I've got some guests lined up to um, just really try to touch on different aspects of online marketing so that you're empowered to really get out there and just start taking action. And some of the members have been doing that. And there are people that are taking action that don't even share with us the results. But um, this works. This is not something that is new. And it's just it's crafted specifically for musicians and music instructors and musicians who want to teach or are already teaching, but maybe need a little bit more help with their sales or they're at a good place, but now they're ready to scale. So everyone comes at it in different phases, but yeah, we'd love to have you in the group and let's just build community and support one another. So guys, check that one out there. And of course, we'll post the link uh, wherever you're watching this video or streaming uh, the podcast. So just a couple of last questions because I am aware of uh, sure. your time and I do really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. How does one get started in an online business in 2022 or early 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say we've already covered the fact that you're, it'll probably be something around guitar, right? Decide what your differentiator is. What do you want to be known as? Keep in mind, you can always change it, but start with something. Think of one painful problem. The, the ideal students that you want to ha help have and create one piece of content that's easy to consume. It could be a PDF. It could be a 20 minute, 15 minute masterclass. Get on your Zoom and just record something. But think about what is that painful problem? What is your solution to that painful problem? They should be able to consume that piece of content and feel like they got the answer that they needed. You don't have to have a website. Go to something like Lead Pages. It's $30 a month. Spend that, create one, you know, one page that says, hey, are you struggling with da da da? Get my whatever your free piece of content is. Enter your name and email address. Get you some type of email service because you've got to hook that page to that email service and then just begin to promote it, whether it's through social media, do live streams, just get comfortable. Just get comfortable talking about how you can help someone with that. Just build the email list. Get started with that. Build the email list and think about what can I do to give value? You don't have time to build a YouTube channel right now. Do one minute, 30 second vi videos. Put it on YouTube shorts or YouTube as a short. Take that same piece of content, put it on TikTok and put it on Instagram and just use hashtags and just keep doing that consistently. You don't need fancy equipment right now. Just get the content created and put it out there and send people to that page and just let the emails grow. Do all of that before you even know what you want to do. So you'll be ahead of the game. Hopefully that helps. I'm sure that's going to be very, very helpful. And for some people like, oh, do I do live teaching or do I create a course? Do you have any opinion on one or the other or should people do both? What's the situation there? I think... Everyone's personal situation and financial situation is different. I always tell people, don't just flip the switch and say, I'm going to get rid of all my one-to-one -one clients and just focus solely on online business. I think you should build it as you, as you go. And then you have to decide what your personal goals are. But I will tell you, it is possible to build a sustainable, uh, very lucrative business online. Um, just don't cheapen the, your, your value. So don't undersell your, your worth with your, your courses. I just feel like you just got to start. These same principles work even to promote private lessons. And so if you ask me, I think there's more benefit of doing this online because I actually I did a, a study of this. I said, if you, if you teach six hours a week, 
uh, at $50 a lesson and whatever the numbers came out, you could make that by selling two products, two units of a product that cost you like $197. The numbers don't matter, but the point is, is that for one or two sales, that equals, you know, one, you know, one week of lessons. So you just, you're able to scale and, and still keep doing the lessons if you need to, but Really, I think everyone, every guitarist should have some type of online product that they offer and sell it at a premium. In other words, don't don't sell it for $10 or $9. If you sell the transformation, what's the outcome they're going, they're going to receive as a result of consuming that course? Then price doesn't become the main issue. But if you just say, I got a course, here it is. Well, they can say, well, I'll go to this course. It's you know $20 cheaper that's not what you don't want that you want the comparison to be about the transformation. So hopefully that helps you for sure. Um, and also just, you've got to look at the long game. So in other words, why are you in this? And so reverse engineer it. And I, that's probably a, a, an idea for a Facebook live stream that I'll do. Michael, thank you for asking that question because that's a very valid question. Yeah, no, I appreciate your feedback there. And I'm sure, guys, I've had a, uh, been a member of the group for close to 12 months now, and there's an absolute goldmine worth of stuff in there. So, you know, Sonia is giving all this amazing advice away 100% free. And I think even there's, there's one of the most in-depth courses, which has thousands and thousands of dollars worth of value which you simply just enter in your email address. I think it takes you like Kajabi or some course hosting platform and you get access to this amazing, you know, Kickstarter that has everything you need right down to that link that escaped our name before and all this amazing stuff to help you find your target audience to set up your, you know, web pages on the cheap or for free, as well as all the other, you know, the, the paid examples and options and just gives you everything you need to get started. So definitely head to the Facebook group after listening to this, introduce yourself, say hello, and uh, you know, start consuming that that really, really cool content there. But Sonia, I do appreciate you coming on the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. I'm uh, definitely going to re-listen to this one with my notepad and write down some of the amazing points you've shared, and I hope the listeners have as well. If you could impart one final piece of wisdom on our listeners here today, what would that be? Well, there's so many things, but I, I think the... One thing I want to encourage all of you is to take action. If you just take take the baby step, just whatever, wherever you are in this journey, just one step forward and just keep going. Join our community to get that motivation and encouragement, but just do something today that you didn't do or you never thought about doing as a result of what you heard today. Um, your life won't be the same if you just keep, if you just take that first step and keep going. It, it'll, it'll, having an online business can change your life for the better. Thank you so much, Sonia. So our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Top Music Guitar Teaching Podcast. Make sure you head to the Music Instructor Business Academy page on Facebook. All the links will be posted uh, wherever you're listening to or watching this stream. And one last little experiment, guys. Once you finish listening to this, scroll back to the very first podcast episode that I did and just listen to how different it is or watch how different it is or take your very favorite podcast. I'm assuming this is your favorite podcast, of course, but whichever other podcast you listen to, which are your second and third favorites, listen to the current episode, go back, listen to the first one, look up your favorite YouTuber. 
uh, or your favorite guitar instructor online, someone you look up to and look at their most recent video offering and then go back and look at a handful of their very first lessons. And it was really funny to summarize this podcast. Most of you know, I'm a really big Grant Cardone fan. I love his stuff. And he told me this story because I went to a mastermind with him in person and he talked about taking action and being consistent. And he talked about this thing that kicked everything off and this one video he did, you know, 10 years earlier. And if you go to his YouTube page, you can actually see. So now I believe Grant Cardone's, you know, crossed over into billionaire status. If not, he's managing over a couple of billion dollars worth of real estate and things like that. But there's this one video you go back and he's talking at like a, a sales convention or a car show automobile convention, trying to do sales training. And there's about 200 views on it. And there's about 50 comments saying, why do you bother? You'll never get good at this. Just give up while you're ahead. You're never going to amount to anything, da, da, da. And that's all from eight, nine, 10 years ago. And you look now and he's one of the biggest... Uh, people associated with sales and real estate in in the whole world, like a complete transformation, all because he took action. He didn't uh, listen to what the haters were going to say. And he built it through just taking action, through being consistent, constantly working on his sales message and finding his niche and doubling down. And that's where the results are now. So once you finish listening to this one, guys, go to your favorite podcast, your favorite uh, YouTuber, any sort of creative venture it is, whether it's um, even your favorite bands and artists. Now, you could also make a case that sometimes just with the raw energy uh, and teenage angst, a lot of your favorite musicians often make their best record as their first one. And then sometimes it peters out a little bit, but listen to the production quality and the songwriting skills from someone's first album to their 10th album and there will be that progression of and maturity to what they do so try that one out guys sonia thanks so much one more time for coming on board and we look forward to seeing you guys in the next exciting episode of our top music guitar podcast thanks guys if you enjoy this show and want to hear more of our work be sure to subscribe to this podcast for links and resources mentioned in this episode, including a free ebook on how to find more guitar students, visit us at www.topmusic.co slash guitar or check out the show notes. And lastly, thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.